Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The World Economic Forum. Should you actually care what these elites are doing? We'll talk about that. We'll talk to Jordan Schachtel about it. Mike Slater is going to join us. What is it with all this gas stove talk? All that's coming up on I'm Right. Three things. What are the three things all of our cultural leaders have in common? You know, if you've watched the show for any length of time, you've heard me say this a thousand times, so you already know. But what are those three things? And when I say our cultural leaders, I want you to understand what I mean. I'm not just talking about America, and I'm not just talking about politicians. Cultural leaders are much more than just politicians. Yes, they're part of it, but our entertainment leaders our business leaders, leaders in various fields like medicine, science, and and sports, all of our cultural leaders. In the West, what do they all have in common now? It's all bad, but what do they have in common now? One, no love of country. Because we're going to talk about the WEF tonight. Should you actually care? It It seems far away. Switzerland, I don't even know where that is on a map. Okay, they're meeting in some fancy town. What is it? 
But one, no love of country. This will apply tonight, don't worry. No love of country. What does that mean? Well, you see, you wake up in the morning, and whenever you start to dive into the news, maybe you watch I'm Right, and that's your only news thing for the day. Maybe you listen to the radio. Maybe you get up for a second, you're, you're on your phone, and you're looking up articles and things like that. But no matter what happens, when you look at something that's going on in America, oh, no, illegal immigration and taxes and spending and the debt and things like that, Here's how you look at it, and here's how I look at it. You look at it through the lens of, is this good for the country? Is this bad for the country? And when you want something done about it, when there's a problem, when you notice a problem, you approach that, the solution, as what's best for the country. Oh, no, we have too many illegal immigrants coming in. You, what's best for the country? Hey, let's find a way to stop the illegal immigrants from coming in because you're considering the country. Oh, no, the debt's too high. What should we do? Again, you're thinking about the country. Let's reduce our spending. That would be better because you're looking at it through that lens. But one thing you must understand and accept is this. None of our cultural leaders, zero, not one, none of them look at anything through that lens anymore. Country, flag, patriotism, these things seem beneath them. They, they would never look at anything in that way. They don't ever consider the country. Many of them actually hate their own country, but even the ones that don't, they're really indifferent to it. When you hear the national anthem played at a sports game and you sit there and you put your hand over your heart and you take your hat off, as you should do, but you take your hat off, you put your hand over your heart, and then at the end, at the crescendo, when you get a little misty, looking at the flag, and it's just, it's America, right? These people haven't had that feeling in years, if ever. Nothing. They stand up with their hand over their heart and just pretend. That's one. Characteristic number one. Characteristic number two. No connection to the real world. And boy, does this apply to the World Economic Forum and their meeting right now. And this is what I mean. You have bills. You really, no matter your income level probably, you're probably feeling inflation. You're suffering at the grocery store, looking at prices, a little eye-popping. Maybe you're pricing a, a home improvement. Maybe you're thinking about buying your first home. Maybe you got laid off. Maybe, whatever the case may be, when the price of groceries goes up 10 15%, man, you, you feel it. You feel it. Because you're a normal person with bills to pay and things like that. No one attending the World Economic Forum has ever really lived in that life. All these people are rich kids. And they went right from being rich kids into some elite university somewhere. Harvard, Oxford, Wharton School of Business. You know, perfectly manicured lawns, no crime, everything's very safe. And then they went right from that into media or politics. Either they're working for a congressman or a senator or some show on MSNBC or a think tank somewhere. And these people have never lived in a world where you have to pull up your phone and hold on, let me check my bank account before I decide how much gas I'm going to put in my car. These people have never sat down with their wife or their husband and said, okay, honey, well, times are tight. This is the money that's coming in. This is the money we have going out. Hey, what can we cut? Should we cut cable? Can we uh, reduce our cell phone plan? These people have never had these conversations. They have no connection to the real world. And three, and this is probably the most important thing you must understand about all the cultural leaders of the West and most definitely everybody at the World Economic Forum. You see, how you see yourself in relation to the world 
is going to be huge for how you conduct yourself. Do you see yourself as simply a person, not better, not worse than anyone else? A unique person, don't get me wrong, you are, you are special, you're uniquely created, but you're just a person. Not better, not worse, you're just a person, and you're hoping to live a good life and raise a good family, and, and you know, don't stay out of everyone's way, that kind of a thing. That's a good, healthy way to look at life. You should understand none of these people see themselves that way. None of them. We'll get to that in a moment, too. These people see themselves as your kings and your queens. They don't view, well, I mean, he's, he's the same and he's the same and we're all just, you know, cogs in the wheel, baby, trying to get along. No, 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 no. You, you're an uneducated peasant. You don't know what's best for you. You don't know what's best for your country. You don't know what's best for the planet. You're just an uneducated, stupid peasant. They, they are your kings and, they're, and your queens. So yes, they're going to have access to things you don't have access to, private planes, steak dinners, things like that. Of course, they're going to have all that. But more than that, they need to tell you how to live because you don't know how to do that. You want so many things that you shouldn't have, and they'll be there to decide what you can and can't have. Which brings us to the other thing you need to take from the World Economic Forum before we get to all the video and our great guests and things like that tonight. You need to understand this about all the leaders of the West, including in America, your administrative state, politicians, entertainers, educators, whatever the case may be, and everyone at the World Economic Forum. When they get together at these conferences and in private moments, they talk about who the enemies are. Everyone has enemies, right? Who do, who's the enemy? And I need you to understand this. They're not having some big conference right now, some private one off camera, discussing, ah, oh, man, <clears throat> China, big threat. They're not having these private meetings and actually discussing Russia as much as they like to show they're against Vladimir Putin. Well, let's get the Russians. They're not discussing Russia. They think the enemy is you. You, your freedoms that meat you want to eat, that car you want to drive, you even want to be able to say whatever you want, that's the true threat to these people. That's the true enemy. And that's the one they admit frequently they intend to overcome. We have the ability to collaboratively build a more peaceful, resilient, inclusive, and sustainable world. But to do so, we need to overcome the most critical fragmentation. And the most critical fragmentation is between those who take a constructive attitude and those who are just bystanders, observers, and even go into the negative, critical, and confrontational attitude. Why? You're just a bystander. Who do you think you are, peasant, being so critical? You see, they have meetings and they talk about the enemy, and the enemy is you. And I've actually seen this pop up, because the World Economic Forum, this meeting in Davos is going on now, I've actually seen some people on the right say things like, oh, quit focusing on this, it's crazy, let's worry about America, it's not important. These people represent the deadliest religion in the history of mankind, the climate change communism. That religion 
will kill billions, billions of people if it's allowed to continue forward, if it's allowed to wipe out the prosperity of the world, billions will die. Oh, Hitler, Stalin, Mao, these people are terrible. Oh, they are. These people are a pimple on an elephant's butt compared to what these people will do if they're allowed to move forward. And, well, it's just the World Economic Forum. No, no, no. The FBI director's there for a reason. They've penetrated the cabinets. Um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brazil, of uh, Argentina and so on, so that we penetrate the cabinets. Oh, they've penetrated the cabinets. As I mentioned, FBI Director Christopher Wray is there, Director of National Intelligence. Avril Haines is there. Democrat Senators Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema are there. Republicans are there. Brian Kemp of Georgia. Maria Salazar of Florida. And it is interesting. They bring in a Republican like Maria Salazar. And we're going to talk about this for just a brief moment. Because Maria Salazar, of course, got up on, there on stage, and what she said, I mean, remember, this is, there's no thought to country. Would they bring Maria in? Well, they brought in Maria to talk about all these borders and citizenship. That's ridiculous. Our illegal immigrants here in America, what they really need is dignity. We need to also give dignity to those people who are in the country, and those are the people that I represent. We're talking about 13, 15 million people who are most of them Hispanics, I would say 85%, who speak my language, look like me, and sound like me, that are contributing with the economy of this country, and they live in the shadows. So it's time to seal the border, like she said, put order, let's see who comes in and who doesn't, and then turn around and give dignity. That doesn't mean path to citizenship, that means to include them and make them dignified members of our community. Thank you. Give dignity. Let's make them dignified. You see, this brings me to my point about people and why they choose to go to these events, why they choose to become part of the system. Because if you were to sit Maria Salazar down and hook her up to some kind of a lie detector and ask her, okay, what does that mean? We need to give dignity. Okay, what? What does that mean? She wouldn't be able to tell you. She has no idea. Maria Salazar has been given marching orders. That's why she routinely says some of the dumbest, most thoughtless things imaginable. Maria Salazar and so many of the people who are part of the system, they choose to become part of the system simply because they're, stu they're too stupid and talentless to get anything really achieved in their life without agreeing to become part of the system. Maria Salazar didn't fly coach back by the bathroom to get to Davos. Guarantee you Maria Salazar was on some private plane. This is all expenses paid, fancy five-star resorts, steak dinners. Maria Salazar would never in a million years be able to achieve such things without becoming simply part of the system. So Republicans and Democrats alike, they go to the World Economic Forum for access. They want access to things. And maybe the most dangerous thing you need to understand, back to how they see themselves as kings and queens, one of the things you really must understand is when they gather in these rooms and they gather for these meetings and they discuss destroying the prosperity of the planet and they discuss wiping out four or five billion people to make sure Earth is sustainable and when they discuss you 
as the enemy of the state you are, as the one who's holding them back, you stupid bystander. I really need you to get this particular part because if you don't, you'll never, ever, ever be able to take these people on as an anti-communist. You need to understand these people see themselves as the good guys. They see themselves as the good guys. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever, and, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. Just a select few saving the planet. but. If you see yourself as someone who's saving the planet, let me ask you, what would you do to save the planet? Well, you know what? I take that back. Let me ask you something, probably an easier question. What wouldn't you do if it meant saving the planet? The answer to that question is nothing. You would do anything if it meant saving every person on Earth, right? How many would you kill if it meant saving the planet? It's important for you to ask that question because I promise you these people, they think about these things. And that's why when they fly all over in private jets and eat steaks they tell you not to eat, that's why you're absolutely missing the boat if you call them all hypocrites. They're hypocrites, they're hypocrites. They don't see themselves as hypocrites. They see themselves as kings and queens. Of course, the king flies in things you don't get to fly in and eats things you don't get to eat. You're not important. You're a bystander, remember? No, peasant, you don't get to fly like Bill Gates flies. Are you the right messenger on this? Because you fly private planes a lot and you're creating a lot of greenhouse gases yourself. Yeah, I probably have one of the highest greenhouse gas footprints of anyone on the planet. You know, my... My kind of personal flying uh, alone is gigantic. Now, I'm spending quite a bit uh, to buy aviation fuel uh, that was made with plants. You know, I switched to an electric car. I've used solar panels. I'm paying a company that actually, at a very high price, can pull a bit of carbon out of the air and stick it underground. And so I'm offsetting my personal emissions. Well, of course, he, he, he can fly. You, though, live in the pod. Eat the bugs. Stop talking about your freedom, which brings me to one final thing. I brought up that we have Democrats there. Democrat Senator Joe Manchin had a really, really honest moment. Do you remember like five minutes ago when I sat and told you that these people gather around and they talk about the enemy? And who did I tell you was the enemy? You. And what did I tell you they're so concerned about you and your freedoms and your saying whatever you want to say? Here's Joe. Uh, the problem that we have is the open press system and basically all the platforms. So if you're able to have five platforms, social platforms, that you can basically um, personify the extremes, somebody who is extremely right or extremely left, and it seems like that is the majority speaking, they're not the majority. 
but they're basically driving everybody to make a decision. What side are you on? Are you on this side or this side? And in America, there's only one side, the American side. It's not the Republican side or Democrat. We should be coming together to solve the problem. See, the problem is there's just too much press. The problem is this open system. If you would shut up, stop being a critic, then everything will work out. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. My friend Jordan Schachtel is going to join us next to talk about this. But let me talk to you about something that's pretty cool. A portable heater. You've had these, right? Or at least you've seen them. Maybe you keep one, ladies, under your desk at work, or maybe you keep one in the kitchen, warm yourself up. I know the wife tells me I keep the house too cold, so she keeps one in the bathroom. But here's the problem with those space heaters. They oftentimes are a little bit of a safety hazard for kids, for dogs, for yourself if you're moving it. I'm hot. Eden Pure, they have a Gen 40 that's infrared. Infrared. Oh no, I tripped and fell, I touched the front of it. You'll be just fine. And this thing heats up the entire room electrically, infrared. And right now, they got them 50 bucks off. Greatest portable heater I've ever had in my life. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE50. That's how you get 50 bucks off. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE50. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. Man, that sounds bad. And I, shoot, I've spent a lot of time by the ocean this year. I guess I'm, I must have missed the part that was boiling, but I'm sure it's out there, right? I'm sure it's out there probably right next to all the acid rain. Look, you can't see it, but either way, the earth is about to end. Joining me now, my friend Jordan Schachtel has a great substack you should supply, uh, subscribe to called The Dossier. Jordan, I know you're a Florida man, buddy. I personally haven't seen it, but tell me about the boiling oceans. That sounds bad. Thanks for having me on, Jesse. I don't know about you, but didn't he sound a little bit like a left-wing Alex Jones there? <laughs> he did. He did. He really did. It just, it sounded, he sounded frustrated that people aren't just accepting that these oceans are boiling. 
Yeah, it's like it's like Alex Jones minus the entertainment value, and you know it's kind of does a disservice to Alex Jones because at least he has like some facts. I think Al Gore has been playing this game for for decades, and I think fewer and fewer people have bought into his climate hoax as the years have progressed. So it seems like he's just kind of lashing out at society with this talk about hydrogen thermonuclear bombs happening 500,000 a day. I mean, it's just like so absurd. It's like, you know, this the story of Chicken Little, except there's never really an emergency here. And I think that's what that's what, you know, continuing years of this climate hoax is proving, you know, every time they make a prediction, we have to go back into the calendar and be like, okay, so when is the world going to expire now? You know, like a decade ago, it was like we had 12 years left or whatever. Uh, in the 70s and 80s, they, you know, they couldn't decide whether the earth was warming or cooling. And then they got uh, Frank Luntz to tell them to use climate change instead of global warming or global cooling. So it's just, a, it, to me, it's just a giant hoax to uh, persuade us to give away our rights and our freedoms and our income potential to these maniacs like the lady with the with the witch hat next to him. I mean, it, it's just a total clown show. But I, but I wish that these people had less power and influence than they actually do have. You know, there's still a hundred plus billionaires at Davos. There's the CEOs of every major multinational organization there. So while the people reject them, they still wield tons of power. Jordan, help me understand that aspect of it. I'm glad you brought this up. Okay, the, the, this stuff is rejected. More than half the population hears this stuff. They roll their eyes. This stuff is not accepted by people. And yet, you, all these CEOs, all these billionaires, they go almost as if they feel like they have to go. What is that? Why? Yeah, I mean, it shows the kind of power that the World Economic Forum possesses. You know, they set up this uh, financial system, this economic system, this political system that rewards this, um, you know, in-group ruling class type of dynamic and corruption. And the World Economic Forum, I, I kind of like to explain, it's it's like the global uh, globalist think tank of the ruling class. They get their ideas they get their bumper sticker slogans from the World Economic Forum and its partners like BlackRock and these major European central banks. So they view them as a powerful entity, not to get on the wrong side of them. And you know, if you get on the wrong side of these folks, uh, Elon Musk could tell you that they're going to try to boycott you. They'll try to freeze you out of these um, these important indexes. So right now, as the system currently stands, it's it's a lucrative. It's not only good virtue signaling, but it's also good business. And we need to change those incentives to, to get people away from Davos. I think the good news is, though, that you had only two congressional Republicans going this year, Maria Salazar and Daryl Issa, um, a Republican Senator James Risch and Mike Gallagher, a congressman in Wisconsin, they backed out of Davos after reporting came out and they got blowback from their constituents. So the, the delegation on the GOP side went from 10 to 2 this year. Okay, why were they ever going at all? Why would a Republican ever agree to go to something like this? I argue, like in the case of Maria Salazar, 
not to be mean, but she's just too stupid and talentless to achieve really anything much without the approval of the elites. So she goes where she's told to go and says what she's told to say for access. Am I all, am I all underwater on that? I think you're right on. There's really only two explanations. I think that they're just they're beyond corrupt and they're in it for you know their own to gain to vacuum up more power for themselves or they're just puppets. And I think the corruption refers to ISA and the puppetry refers to Salazar. Of course, when you talk to their offices, they say, oh, you know, we're just going to promote American exceptionalism. And then you have Salazar saying that she needs to, uh, you know, give uh, some type of somewhat legal status to all the illegals here to rounds of applause at Davos. So they're going there to curry favor with the with the ruling class. The idea, I mean, President Trump was the rare exception who went there and basically told them that their ideas were trash and that they were evil. Um, but he was a unique character, you know, so much credit to him. But most of the time when people go to Davos, they're there to network um, and, and enhance their, their personal and political status. I couldn't, I can't let you go without asking you about Dr. Fauci because it came out yesterday. He's still on the government payroll, still getting taxpayer funded security. Speaking of human beings who would never have achieved this status outside of the government, are we ever going to be rid of this human being? It, it's interesting when you look into the National Institutes of Health and a lot of other government agencies, but specifically the NIH. They have like a bunch of 90 something year old retirement, uh, retired scientists on their roster who I don't think do anything, but they're getting a paycheck. And you know, Fauci's in his 80s now, but it seems that's the route. It, it's, it's cradle to grave uh, government taxpayer funded uh, salary. Plus whenever he actually does retire, a, a significant pension fund. And, and you also have the US Marshals have I believe half a dozen agents that have been passed to Fauci 24-7 since April of 2020, and it's costing the taxpayer over a million dollars a month, and that's what they're billing. So if you know, do the math, that's tens of millions of dollars over the past few years to protect Anthony Fauci provided by the U.S. taxpayer. And it's not as if he can't afford private security from time to time when he goes to events and whatnot. In, at the end of at the beginning of 2022, he reported that he was worth 12 and a half million dollars. So I don't know where all that money came from. I mean, he made a lot in government, but he also received all these ridiculous prizes that were supposed to be donated to charity, and he seemed to have pocketed the money. But Anthony Fauci can afford private security, and he's basically just a government welfare queen who seems to have lied about the the fact that he's retiring. Um, he has stepped down from the NIAID from the top spot, but now he's just like doing nothing and getting a salary and full-time security benefits for it. Yeah. Jordan Schachtel, the dossier is his substack. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Jesse. Speaking of COVID, by the way, I have a quick word or two on that. Don't think we're completely done with that whole thing. Before we get to that, let's do this. I know you took a beating in the market last year, I'm aware. And I'm aware of everything they're saying about 2023. In fact, if you look at the home builder stats that came out today, man, it looks like this might, it might be a rough, rough year. One, do you have precious metals in your physical possession? Gold, silver, 
Oxford Gold Group will send those to your front door. They will mail them to your front door. Fast, anonymous, easy to work with, real, tangible things that no matter what happens will be worth a lot. Also, your 401k, your IRA. You know, Oxford Gold can help fortify that with gold and silver as well. So you can make sure you don't get wiped out. They're easy to work with. I love these guys, man. I sent my own dad there. I'm a customer. I love them. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. Make sure you're protected, all right? 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. Man, you didn't think COVID was actually over, did you? Listen, this is something that is, if you're somebody who's watched the show for a long time, you already understand this. But for all you new viewers to the show, you understand that COVID, it was all about money and power. COVID got here, and in about 15 minutes, the system realized it could use COVID to get rid of Donald Trump to gain a bunch of money and power for themselves and to become the tyrants they've always wanted to be. COVID, you think it was horrible, you think it was an inconvenience, you think it was miserable, you think it crushed the wealth, you think it crushed the health, and you're right about all these things, but they don't look at COVID that way. The system looks at COVID now the same way they always had. COVID is an opportunity. And part of that opportunity is this reminding you, the peasant, that you are a peasant. Remember, this is about power and control for these people. Let me ask you something. This is the cell phone era. You know that, right? Everybody has one. Everyone has one on them at all times. This is the cell phone era. And what does every cell phone have now? Every one of them. They have a camera. A camera, so everyone, no matter what happens, everyone is always recording everything, taking a picture, taking a selfie if you're a chick. Look at me and my girls, woohoo! But everyone has a camera now. So you know that. I know that. Every politician knows that. How many politicians got busted during COVID violating the own rules they put on their citizens? Wear a mask, social distance! How many got caught that night, the next night, getting a haircut, out at a bar, no mask? People are going to die. Florida's crazy. You find out they're on a private plane to a Florida beach somewhere at a packed bar. Woohoo, Margaritaville! Now, I can understand one person getting caught. Oh, man, we got some grainy video of Andrew Cuomo, but why was it dozen after dozen after dozen after dozen of these people getting caught constantly? Why? Let me tell you something. They didn't get caught. They knew they would be pictured and videoed. And they wanted to be pictured and videoed. They knew that. They wanted it. They wanted you to remember that they're kings and queens. You are a peasant. You're just simply not in the same class as them. And they, as kings and queens, get access to things you don't. And it's not, it, to these people, it's not enough to have that kind of power. They have to make sure you know they have that kind of power. The Biden administration right now, right now, right now, what is it, January 18th? They have their lawyers arguing in court to bring back mask mandates on flights. 
Now, maybe you're sitting there saying, that's crazy, that's ridiculous. Nobody liked those. Everyone's glad those are gone. What kind of a lunatic? If you're saying that, you don't understand what they're dealing with. These people aren't going to wear masks. They want to force you to wear a mask so you can make sure you remember, peasant, who's your master. Put on that leash. That may make you uncomfortable, but it is true. Now, we have more for you. We have Mike Slater joining us next to expound on some of these things. Before we get to Mike Slater, let's get to a problem we do have on this planet. Fertility. I know it's kind of an uncomfortable conversation, but we can't deny reality. We have a major fertility problem on this planet, a huge one. How are your T levels, fellas? Ladies, how's your vitality? And I understand that because this is a problem that people are becoming aware of, that many people are going down now to these clinics. There's a new clinic on every corner. Hey, get yourself injected with something. We'll take care of it. Do you really think you need more big pharma in your life? Or do you think you need natural herbal supplements, natural solutions? Chalk, not only are they hardcore anti-communists, they have male vitality stacks for fellas. Natural herbal supplements. Ladies, they have female vitality stacks. No matter what your age is, start taking these things. Three months, 90 days. You'll watch 20% increase in your testosterone naturally. Get a subscription because they're 35% off. Go to chalk.com, promo code JESSE. Gets you 35% off the subscriptions. Go. All right? We'll be back. I do think it's funny the like absolute utter Republican meltdown where they're like, you can take my gas stove or my cold dead hands or how dare you talk about gas stoves. You have a gas stove. First of all, first of all, I rent, period. Second of all, though, it doesn't even matter because by that logic, these are the same people who would have said we should have never gotten rid of leaded gasoline just because someone may have driven a gasoline car. Science evolves and gives us new knowledge with time. Joining me now, my friend Mike Slater of the great Politics by Faith podcast, one of my favorites. Mike, okay, the gas stove thing seemed to pop up out of nowhere. No one saw this coming. We're all just living our lives, and all of a sudden there's a gas stove ban floated out there, and we freak out, understandably so. Then they mock us for the freak out. Okay, what's the reality of this? Do they really want to ban gas stoves? What's wrong with these people? Yes, and your point, there was no, like, grassroots mothers against gas stoves that was like percolating at the bottom. This is a complete top-down moral crusade against, well, human beings. Heaven forbid we cook food using fire, which is what they've always done. So as you noted, they, they threw this out there seemingly out of nowhere, and then they walked it back because there was enough outrage. But I am here reporting from the belly of the beast in San Diego, California, that they will ban gas stoves. They will not stop until they are successful in this effort. And I know that because they already did it in San Diego. Last August, 9-0, the City Council of San Diego, California, and other cities in California as well, voted to completely ban gas appliances from all new construction projects in the city of San Diego. That's already a done deal. They're not thinking about it, it's done. Now you're thinking, well, that's okay, Slater, you already have a gas stove, what's the big deal? Aha. 
They've also voted to remove all gas appliances from homes that currently have them by the year 2035. So that's California. You're in the rest of the country. It's coming. You're a little bit behind us, but it's coming. They're going to take away your gas stove. Why? And this ties in, Jesse, to something you said earlier. You said, like, billions of humans are going to die because they worship this religion. They have a new religion, these environmentalists. They're worshiping Gaia, Mother Earth, Mother Nature. This is a climate change religion. So just to drive that point home, Romans 125, everything's in the Bible. That's what my podcast is all about, politics by faith. Everything's in the Bible. Romans 125, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. They worshiped and served created things, like the planet, rather than the creator, God. It's that simple. If you don't worship God, you will worship something else. We are designed to worship something. And environmentalism is their religion. And it has the same structure as Christianity, right? The, the, the whole environmentalist religion, you have the earth without humans is Eden, paradise, perfect. There was a fall from grace, the industrial revolution and pollution. There's a judgment coming on all of us. We're all energy sinners, doomed to die unless we seek salvation with sustainability. It's all the same format. This is why Ellen the other day said like, like mother nature's not happy with us, right? That's who they're worshiping. And just one last point on this, Jesse just to drive home how much they're following this Christian outline. In 2002, they had an Earth Summit. It was, down, it was in uh, South Africa. Big environmentalist conference, all the countries went. And they came up with the Earth Charter, which was their Ten Commandments. And they put it in what they called the Ark of Hope. A-R-K, the Ark of Hope, which was an exact pagan replica of the Ark of the Covenant. And they put the Ark of Hope or in it. They put the Earth Charter. They put some environmentalist books and they put masks of animals for some weird reason. So they're even mimicking biblical artifacts as they worship this death cult that is environmentalism. So in the podcast, we talk all about this. We talk about how the Nazis were environmentalists. Uh, Hitler was a vegetarian because he didn't believe in animal suffering. Uh, the first thing the Nazis did in power was to end experiments on animals, but then they performed experiments on humans in concentration camps because the more secular a society becomes, the more these people equate plants and animals with human life. And it can even go to the point where the welfare of animals surpass the welfare of humans, and we see that with the environmentalists today. Uh, Mother Earth is of greater value than the human beings on it because they worship the created and not the creator. Man, that is scary. You know what, in case you're wondering what he's talking about with Ellen, we have the video, watch this. Okay. Mother, Mother Nature, Nature isn't happy with us. Mike, here, here's my concern. Okay, well, you mentioned it's a religion. You're, of course, 100% correct in this. But these people are religious fanatics. My concern is how we deal with them. These people are no different, really, than Islamic jihadists or something like mm. that. I realize they have different methods of murder, but they are just as committed. They are just as sure that they are correct and everyone else is wrong so how are we, normal human beings, supposed to deal with religious fanatics like this? Man, I know, I know. That's a million dollar question. And they won't stop. They're on a moral crusade. It's the old C.S. Lewis line that it's better to be ruled by an evil dictator than it is omnipotent moral busybodies. 
because at least the dictator eventually their greed will be satiated like eventually they'll stop but the moral busybody will only will continue to go on because they think what they're doing what they're inflicting upon you is for your own good so they will not stop like aoc will not stop because she thinks what she's doing is for your own good and you have to bow down and not only worship mother earth but worship her as well because she's doing this for your benefit too those people will never stop they're the scariest i have no solutions jesse i don't i really like you must I mean, listen, I'm the Christian, so I'm always going to say we need to get people to worship their creator, and then you can realize like what it means to be a good steward of the planet, but also what the planet is here for, and also that God will never change, and God is in control of the weather. You don't have to worry about that. God has this. Uh, pollution is no big deal. Like The earth is stronger than human beings. So I think we need to be worshiping the creator, and, and just as much rational thought as we can possibly add to the conversation is the best we can do. But for the extremist fanatics, they're long gone. There's no hope. Mike Slater, Politics by Faith podcast. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. You're the man, Jesse. Thank you. All right. We have Light in the Mood coming up. Let's get to some Light in the Mood. Let's laugh a little bit before we get to that. Let's get to your timeshare. I'm not judging you for buying something that didn't work out because I've done the, these things my whole life. I have impulse control problems, so I'll go out and I'll just buy something or I'll just do something and then I'll regret it and I'll yell at myself, why didn't I read the fine print? Why didn't I think through it? I get it, man. Okay, you want out of your timeshare. They've told you you can't get out. They've told you you signed the contract. They've told you read the fine print. You think you're stuck paying these annual fees every year, but you're not. Lone Star Transfer saw this scam a while ago, and since then, this family company has helped over 18,000 timeshare owners legally and permanently get out. You're not stuck. You're one phone call from freedom. That's it. Make one phone call. The call itself is free. 844-310-2646. You have nothing to lose. Make the call. 844 310 2646 or lonestartransfer.com. The Golden State Warriors are NBA champions. I forgot because I don't watch that gutter trash communist league. But I do know that they have a gutter trash communist coach and gutter trash communist players. And so they were invited with open arms into our gutter trash communist White House where Joe Biden made an idiot of himself and took a knee, Kamala Harris didn't. There's a first time for everything, that's one. Two, I wanna focus on something that's a little bit more important than that. Yesterday. I like to order food for the fellas here in the office and myself. Let's be honest, I'm not doing it to be nice. I like to order food. I like to eat food. And I get a lot of food taken here to the studio. And so me and the boys, we eat pretty well around here. Burgers, fries, you know, healthy things like that. Pizza. So yesterday, I decide I'm in a pizza mood. Find this great pizza joint, order some pizza. And I'm in a cow zone mood too. Every now and then I'll order a cow zone. So I order the cow zone. Pizza gets here, looks awesome. Decide I'm going to cut off a little slice of the calzone, leave some for the boys. I cut it. I open it up, 
And what do I see inside of my calzone? Yeah, I see the pepperoni, the mushrooms, the jalapenos, the sausage, the everything else. I had them stuff in there. You know what else I saw in the calzone? Ricotta cheese. Yet another meal ruined by that despicable filth. Ricotta cheese. Screw ricotta cheese. I'm tired of ricotta cheese ruining dish after dish after dish in this country. Ricotta cheese sucks. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.